0: We started a a new series of messages several weeks ago now called the You Factor. The You Factor. We're going to continue along those lines today because we have recognized in God's Word that you, me, you for you, me for me, uh, that we play a major role in our own success, in our own overcoming in life. It's not all God. And there's us. There's his word. There's his promise. There's what he has done. There's his spirit. And then there's our, our response to it. What are we doing with what he said? What are we doing with what he's given? And ultimately, we are not going to blame our failures if we have them on him and say, Lord, why did you do this to me? Because again and again, he told us what to do with what he said. Yeah. And so uh, let's read this passage once again here, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This has been our foundational text for this series. If you missed the first several parts of the series, they're totally available to you, no charge. You can go get them uh, on the the website. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you, everybody say me, me, shall meditate in it day and night. That you, everybody say me. May observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you, everybody say me, yeah. will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So and over and over again, we see in this passage, as well as others, the you factor, and how our prosperity and our success is directly tied to what we do, and what we think about, and what we give ourselves to. To. Now, God's word, which basically reveals his ways, is uh, the cure. His words are the cure for failure. Can you see that in there? If I'm not succeeding in life, his words fix that. If I do the right thing, with them. they fix failure. They are the, the, the ultimate cure. Poverty, you know, it thrives in an environment where, where ignorance is. Okay, it, it is not the, the less someone knows the better because then, you know, almost like the devil will leave you alone. No. Who would you go after if you wanted to attack? I'd go after the weak and the ignorant to guarantee my success. Uh, Likewise, those who are believers, those who walk with the Lord, who place a high value on knowing him and knowing his ways and his word and implementing them in their lives. They're the ones that do not get taken out in life. They're the ones who overcome the attacks. Praise God. You you, you might remember uh, back in the beginning of scripture in the book of Genesis. Who did Satan go after first? As far as deception goes, you know, the scriptures tell us that Eve was deceived, but Adam wasn't. You know, I might add Adam was just dumb (laughs) because he knew what he was doing and he did it anyway. Eve was tricked. She was deceived. But why did Satan go after Eve? Well, probably because she wasn't there when God, when, when the word was given to Adam. In other words, Adam, like some of us guys today still have problems, he had the trouble communicating. <laughs> in other words, he didn't give his wife the whole story. kind It seems like when you read that, it's like he changed it a little bit or left some parts out. So in Eve's ignorance of the command of God regarding that special tree, Satan came after her first. When we don't know, when we haven't received the full scope of God's wisdom and knowledge, we are more vulnerable to being tricked, to being deceived, and therefore we end up in failure. So the devil doesn't prey on those who know the most, but rather those who lack spiritual understanding. Now, there are those today, maybe even among us, that simply are not seeking after God. They're not, as the psalmist said, following hard after him. They're, I don't mean they've rejected him. They've received him in their life. But they don't follow close. They're not seeking after him. Um, uh, they don't give attention to, to his word. And therefore they are more vulnerable than others. Alright. What that sometimes can look like in our context on a real practical level is you know they ignore our bible reading plan uh, i've already read that or i don't have time you know they they don't get involved with the life groups and those who study the word deeper uh stutcher got in here uh, um, they don't, in a setting like this, they don't bother looking up the scriptures when I say, hey, turn and look with me. They don't bother. That's too much effort. That's too much work. Uh, I have to move my arms. You know, or my thumbs. Uh, they don't ever take notes or things like that. Um, they, 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 don't, they don't ever take advantage of, like, our podcasts and downloading things to listen further, to hear it again to meditate on the Word. You understand the approach? See, it's a real problem in life if we're just going to kind of... I've accepted the Lord and now I'm coasting. I don't ever put any energy towards His Word. I'm not giving attention to it. I'm not doing anything that really gets me out of my, you know, do the bare minimum zone approach to life and approach to His Word. And and so, so there are those... And, and it's hard for me as a pastor to help you succeed, all right, because the life that causes us to succeed, the wisdom, the power, it's all invested in God's word. Yeah, and so no matter what we do, we can pray, we can create the environment, we can do as much as possible, but if a person will not give attention... If they will not give serious focus to the very life-giving words of God, those words simply will not impact them and they will not have success. And so knowing that 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 exists, um, uh, we recognize that often those who meditate the least on the word are those who are self-deceived into thinking they know more than they do. The way this works is often, the less you read, the more you think you know And so the purpose, one of the reasons we're doing this series is to bring us back to reality. We call it the U-Factor. Let's get a clear picture of who we are, where we are, so we can go from there and, and progress and grow and increase. Amen. But we have to take a clear, honest look at how we are approaching God's things on a personal level. To determine if there's any, you know, corrections, any adjustments that need to be made. Now, uh, there are those who do give attention to God's words, at least for periods of time. But still, they are not fully benefiting because of the current condition of their heart. In other words, there are multiple components to our success. There is the God side, he's the revealer, he's the truth giver, he's the author of life. His ways are true, his ways are right, his ways promote victory in our lives. Uh, But there is the reception side. okay? And on the reception side, of course this is where we give our focus and attention. An individual's heart could be more receptive or less. Uh, they, they could be more apt to just soak up like a sponge and retain God's wisdom, wisdom, knowledge and ways. Or they could be in a more difficult situation. Meaning, same message going out here today. Some people receiving it fully. Some receiving part of it. Others not receiving much of it at all. Alright? And that condition or those conditions of our hearts need some attention so we can ask... Am I really getting what I'm supposed to get out of this? When I open my Bible and read as just a part of my daily life, when I read scriptures, am I getting out of it what they were intended to do in me? Or is it, I don't know, somehow escaping my, my understanding, escaping my full grasp and retention? Okay, And if we understand this, we, we can, uh, of course focus on this knowing how we tick is key to understanding everything else that God says in other words he's not the only component how receptive am I what what is getting through and developing my life now I, I want to share today two different types of people all right two heart conditions if you will, so we can say, hey, is this where I am? Does this happened to me when God's word goes out? The first group, the first category is what I call immediate losers, okay? That might sound like I'm insulting, but I'm not. <laughs> but uh, immediate losers, meaning the devil rips them off right away. As soon as God's word comes, it gets stolen. It, get, they, it gets picked off. They, they don't benefit hardly for five seconds from what God's word was intended to do, which is amazing and outstanding and life-changing. And so they, they lose right away. They, they're, they're immediate losers. You, you know that there is a thief. J- Jesus talked about him in, in John chapter 10, verse 10, one of our favorite verses. He said, the thief comes not, but for to what? Uh, steal and kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So there is a thief and he wants to steal from us. Absolutely. He wants to take things away. And I don't think there's any doubt in most of our minds that, that Satan wants to steal things like our health. He wants to steal um, our, our finances he wants to steal our peace he wants to steal our joy um, he wants to steal life giving healthy relationships there, there, no doubt that he wants to take those things away but I propose that, that, that he often does not go after those things directly Say, so why doesn't he go after them directly because he knows how this works He knows how the word of God works. And if this word gets fully utilized and received, he doesn't stand a chance against our peace and joy and finances and health and relationships. He is not able to succeed in ripping us off. And a thief who can't steal is not a happy thief. Therefore, what he goes after is not just the end result, but he goes after the word. His primary target is to try to convince you to not receive, to create in your heart an environment where you are dismissive or in some way not wholly receptive of God's word. Once the word's in there, he's toast.
1: And so let's keep
0: it out. Do everything we can. So there is a difference now between hearing and hearing. You see that in scripture again and again. There's a difference between hearing and hearing. Meaning not everyone who is being affected by the sound waves that are going out today. By my voice and the reading of God's word and teaching of his principles. Not everyone who receives those sound waves is hearing they're hearing, but not necessarily hearing. We've got to receive on a whole nother level. And, and, and my question, because these words are designed to make us all successful. Here's, here's, my, here's my point. There is no guarantee that sitting under the sound of these audio waves is going to make you successful. <laughs> There's got to be hearing on another level. There's got to be hearing on a, on a deeper level. And so we want to ask the question, is Satan ripping me off is he able to get in there and take this word from me do God's words stick when they come at me or are they as we say sometimes in one ear and out the other because if that's the case amazing the most powerful thing in the universe God's spoken word is coming to us and not affecting us at all are we being ripped off Or is it creating in us new thought patterns? Uh, Is God's word creating new behaviors? Does it alter the way we view life and people and him and experience uh, his reality in this life? Is that happening? If not, we're being ripped off. Somewhere between, thus saith the Lord, and the implementation of my life, I'm getting robbed. And so what he wants to do, again make it happen quick he wants to make us immediate losers almost like in football if if you were a wide receiver and i was on defense trying to stop you from scoring uh, i would rather get in the way and make you miss your catch than have to tackle you yeah if you catch the ball i'm certainly going to try to tackle you keep you from scoring but I would rather get my hand in there and tip the ball before before it can land in your hands. Likewise, Satan he'll he'll try to tackle you, <laughs> but he'd rather keep you from ever receiving the ball because then it doesn't matter. If you don't have the ball, you can't score. If you don't have God's word, you can't score. If you haven't received the, this amazing word, it doesn't really matter where you run. You can go anywhere you want. Or I'll run all over. you can run into the end zone and say. How's it over there? You don't, have su- you don't have any points, right? And so what can you do to keep the word that you hear, that you receive, that you read? If you open your Bible and read, how can you make that stay? How can you receive it and run with it? How can you uh, keep that? Uh, well, some practical things is, maybe we just sometimes need to remove distractions. You ever been distracted? Maybe that device in your hand, that ever distracted you? You know, it has an airplane mode. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, I mean, if you can get a receiver distracted, if the defense can get that receiver's eye off of the ball, he's not going to catch it, right? No matter what those videos are that show people sticking their hand up and catching the ball from them, thrown from the top of the building or something. No but if you get your eye off the ball you're not 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 going to catch it and so avoiding distractions sometimes simply writing things down the word of god when it's taught you take the extra effort put the extra energy in to write things down and sometimes that makes the difference between life and death that makes the difference between success and failure Amazing. Sometimes it's things like praying first. Instead of just reading. Say, say, Father, I'm about to read your word. Or coming into church, I'm about to receive your, 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 the teaching of your word. Help me to receive it. I value it. It's so precious to me. Help me to retain it, to understand it, to get it and implement it in my life. And that sincere heartfelt prayer might make the difference between Satan ripping you off immediately and you catching what's being said. Everybody with me? See what? Not just being in the room. Not just being in the house. A little extra attention. A little more focus. A little more energy given. And it changes the end result. Sometimes it's just talking about things afterwards. We, we read the word and then share with someone. Talk to them about it. We hear the teaching in a service like this. And instead of immediately going to the amazing weather. What do we do? We talk about the things of God. It comes up back up at lunch. It, it's a discussion in the family. What did you think about this? What did you receive here? Did you hear this point? What, and the discussion of God's word can help it to stick and stay. So the enemy doesn't rip us off. Can we praise God one minute? And be rude to someone the next. Consider that word stolen. See and there's a temptation. He's he. Does the devil go to church? You know he does. Because of this principle. If you get the word. He's toast. And so he's showing up. Probably in the parking lot. Or maybe on the sidewalk. On the road. Why? To bring something immediately to try to snatch it away. Yeah. If you get it, he's done. You know, sometimes um, it goes like this. The word goes out and then the thought process that plays out in our mind is a yabot. You ever had the, the yabats? It's a condition. There's a cream, I think, that... You're gonna black. it. It's the yabbas. Yeah the, the, way, the way it works is, is anytime there's a, a promise or a directive from scripture, something that God wants to do or wants us to do, we have a yabbat. Yeah in our mind, maybe we say it out loud, maybe we just say it silently in our mind. We disqualify ourselves. We have a yabbat, yeah this is why that's not true. This is why that won't work for me. Yeah but I was born in this situation Yeah but my family is this Yeah but my income is this Yeah but the doctor's report is this Yeah but yeah but yeah but yeah but Right? What's happening there? You're an immediate loser Immediate Because you have disqualified yourself from God's word It's not allowed to penetrate your heart It's not allowed to reside and stay and change your life Because there's something that makes it You know for someone else That's a real problem Who who does the word get stolen from the most? Uh, I was thinking naturally, who who gets stolen from in the natural world the most? Who gets things stolen from them? Uh, Typically, I think you're going to find it's those who are in high crime areas. When you go to places where there are a lot of thieves, the odds go up that they're going to come after your stuff. Now, but when our daughter first moved to Oklahoma a few years ago, and I was over there helping her move into an apart- her apartment. She found a roommate, or someone who already had an apartment. They had an extra room, they needed a roommate. And so we were moving her in there, and I'm looking at the, the area. You know, inside the apartment was fine. But the area, I'm thinking, this is not the greatest. It's kind of sketchy. Uh, not the best part of town. So. Not super pleased with it. And she lived there for a little while before she moved out. Uh, But while she did live there, guess what happened? Her car was broken into. Yeah, they tore her door up and she had a bunch of stuff in the car and they took all of it. And and so she got robbed. What? In the wrong place. Around thieves. And, uh, you know, or we could say those who just aren't protection-minded in any way. They don't lock things up. They don't lock their cars or their house. Or, they would be more apt to someone getting to their stuff and stealing from them. On a spiritual level, who gets ripped off the most? Well, it's not physical. It's those who spend time right up here in places that are dangerous. People who go in their mind, they entertain thoughts of the enemy, thoughts of the thief. And if we hang out in his domain, we hang out where he thrives and he moves and he does his stealing, killing, and destroying, then we are going to be more subject to him stealing from us personally. What's he going after? Well, again, you can say my health, you can say this, all these other things. First and foremost, he's going after God's word. He's going to try to talk you out of it, to give you a reason not to accept it. There's going to be attacks against you to keep that word out of your heart. So those that are the immediate losers. Here's the next group. The next group. They make it past the immediate. And so they're kind of like short term losers. (laughs) Uh, In other words, these are short term people. They, they don't make it very long. There are so many people like this, you guys. So many. They, they, they do great for a very brief period. They start off strong. They're doing well. And uh, know this. If you are receiving and acting on God's word, everything in this world will work against you to try to get you to stop. Everything will work against you to try to get you to give it up why because it is the answer it is the key it is the most powerful thing in the universe and so forces are going to work try to get you to quit it yeah people will persecute you you'll be attacked circumstances will come and challenge your beliefs it'll give you a reason to give it up to let go of it but God, God wants the word to stay. If anything, if anything else doesn't reveal this truth, God's not behind the attack. He's not behind the problem. He's not behind the tribulation. Because those things were designed to steal God's word from you. If, why would he plant his word and then come and pressure you or put you in a circumstance where you would be tempted to give up the word? That's the enemy working against you. No question whatsoever. God's not doing it. He's not working against us. The devil is to try to get us to give it up. And so these things are not from God. But we will be tempted in life to be, what? short-term people. We're a flash in the pan. We're, 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 we're just brief. We're there. We love it. We're excited. Woo-hoo! And then a very short time later, it's gone. Uh, there's a temptation to never make any commitments. I just want to stay free. You know, I just want to keep my schedule loose. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be tied down to anything. That sounds good, right? Sounds like a positive. I don't want to. I don't want to be tied down to anything. Listen, there are a lot of perks in life that only come when you're tied down. You know, what about the person that, that, that won't ever get married because I, I don't want to be tied to someone? Well, there's a lot of perks in marriage. There's a lot of benefits there. You have to be tied down to experience them. There are commitments, and I'm not, in, in, uh, I'm not saying for a minute that we should be quick to commit, or quick to commit to anything and everything that comes up. No, we need to be wise in our commitments, but the person who will not commit to things that lock them into something, whether it's their whole life or for a season, they miss out on so many benefits. Here's one of the benefits. They're a short-term person. Because the way they do life is the way they do God. The way they handle their commitments is the way they handle God's word. You're not two separate people. And if I will never commit to something, I won't ever commit to people, I won't ever commit to activities or various things, then I'm not committing to God's word either. And I'm going to be a short-termer and I'm going to get ripped off and my ultimate success is being aborted. Hallelujah. Real practically, you know, in a church environment, they never want to sign up to serve on the dream team. Well, I don't know if I can commit to that. Oh, I'm fine. You understand, though. You know, take it serious, any commitment. But if you never want to commit to stuff, you're missing out. Yeah, he's ripping you off. Never want to. I, I, I can't. I'm not going to give you my commitment. I'm going to. Maybe I'll sign up for that life group, but I'm not. Probably not going to come Because <laughs> I just need to stay open I just need to keep my schedule clear In case something else comes up Really? With everything? Listen, can I say this again? Commitments are a God thing Not dude, Don't commit to everything Commit to the right thing At the right place, at the right time But if it's right, do it Go all in The, the way the kingdom of God works is, is when we go all in with him amen 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 it's like our bible college one of the coolest things about that is once someone commits i realize you know people sometimes back out but as a general rule once someone commits their success is almost guaranteed why do you say it's almost guaranteed because of the time involved and if i've got you for a year or two years And you're going to be, the word of God will be poured into you to such a degree. One of our primary goals is just to keep the word in there long enough. Satan's trying to block it, and then he's trying to get it out. If we can keep it in there long enough, it's guaranteed to work. Amen. That's why someone said, I can't do that, I can't commit to that. I know, I get it. Failure (laughs) stakes. Everybody okay? (laughs) Short term people. I give my tithe for a while. A while? It's not going to work for you. Just keep it. Sure. Keep it until you're ready to commit. Put God on the line. Put him on the hook and say I'm doing what you said. Now go. Do what you do. Then you got him. Then his word will work for you. Amen. Yeah. The kingdom of God doesn't work short-term. Sometimes we think like a two-year-old, I think. You know, instead of seeing time from his perspective, which is definitely a challenge to do, but instead of seeing time from God's perspective, we see it like a two-year-old. How many know for a two-year-old a week is forever? (laughs) Hey, we're going to grandma's house. And they're packing. (laughs) That's almost like our dog. Our, 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 dog knows the word um, car. Don't use that around him. If you see him, if you say, you know, want to go in the car, he's at the door. Because it means right now. You can't tell him tomorrow we're gonna go in the car. <laughs> but he's excited right now. And so you can see the, you know, the size of his brain does not compute tomorrow as believers we need to compute tomorrow we need to have a bigger longer term perspective of everything i'm going to meditate in god's word well when 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 are you when are you going to do that well just for the rest of my life well i'm only 20 cool then you've got a lot of time to succeed it'll work for you for a long long time but his idea. I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to you know, go to church every now and then. I'm going, to, I'm going to work out once a month. I'm going to go lift heavy. Go to the gym and lift weights heavy once a month. You are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are a, a glutton for punishment. Talk about pain. <laughs> when it comes to God's work, we just can't approach it that way. That's the enemy's thoughts to approach God that way. Little bit. Try it for a week. No. come Commit. Amen. So, uh, me in my life, I haven't succeeded in everything, done everything right by any means, but one of the reasons for the things I've succeeded in is because of this approach. I do not think short-term. I do not think, that's not my mentality, I'm going to go do this for a while. Uh, I remember uh, when we first moved to town, and to start the church years ago, one woman In fact, I thought I saw her in the service as I was preaching. I lost where she was sitting. But uh, she she asked me all those years ago when we started the church, she asked me if if we bought our house where we were living. And uh, and I said, yeah, actually we did. I mean, not the whole thing, but with some help with the bank. Uh, But yes, we bought the house. She said, okay. And I totally knew what what she was looking at. She wanted to know if we were committed. Are you just here going to try this thing for a little bit? And then you're out of here if it's hard or if it's tough. Or are you fully in? This is the will of God. You're going to do this. And, uh, and, and then we work. And it's one of the reasons for success. You take what God says. All right, I'm doing that. When you, How long are you doing that? Until he says different. Amen. He doesn't say different. Forever. Just doing it. Amen. Now I'm in a position. To succeed. Because the devil can't take it away. Paul had a deal with, with a guy named. He was John called Mark. In the book of Acts. He went on a trip with them. And one of the trips. He took off after. They, after they were out there for a while. And they didn't finish the trip. And Mark took off. In, in Acts 15.38. It said that Paul insisted. That they should not take with them. The one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with him to the work he said no I'm not taking him with me again because he goes part away and then he quits on me every time now eventually thank God Mark got his act together and Paul later said he's useful to me in ministry but at this point at least in Paul's mind Mark was a short term short termers "Mm, that doesn't work very well praise God Let's look at one verse, and we'll close with this. It's in, over in Proverbs chapter four, actually three verses, but one passage. All right. Our goal is basically to keep the word of God—the word which is designed to produce success. God's word has contained in it success power. Our goal is to keep the word in us long enough to produce. The enemy's coming after it. If I can keep it there long enough, it will do what it was designed to do. It will not be limited to my ability or inability, my past failure or lack or success. It's designed to work and it will work. It will produce. It'll produce in one person, it'll produce in someone else. All of us equally, it will produce the success it was designed to produce. If we can keep it in there long enough for it to do its thing. Everybody okay? Everything in this world will work against us to keep this from happening. So our main focus is I'm going to keep it in there. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 reads, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life unto those who find them. Health to all their flesh. Because God's words are life and health. For that very reason, we are smart enough to say, I understand now why he said give attention to them. Because I want life and I want health. I want it. I want life and I want health. I don't want death and disease in my life. I want life and I want, I want help. How do I get that? I've got to keep his work. Not, not, not just give it a wink and a nod. Give it a hey. Hey, amen. Yay. No. Keep it. Incline my ear to it. Do not let them depart from my eyes. If I can keep it there, it will do its thing. It'll do it in me. It'll do it in you. It'll do it in anyone who will give attention to it. But again, here's the deal. Our our hearts, our receptors, are in various conditions. They are not the same across the board here. They're not equal with all of us. And there's no need for us to compare one with another. I just need to look and say, am I receiving? Do I get it when I read it? Do I understand it? Does it change my mental pathways? Does it change the way I live and the way I think? If not, I'm going to keep it there until I get this thing fixed. And if you're an immediate loser, that can change. If you're a short-termer, that can change too. And we, but we do whatever is necessary so that the word of God will remain. Amen. Father, thank you for working in us today.